Welcome to the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all the TV. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And I don't know what to say, like, this is like the week of, or like to place this episode. I don't know. I do we doubt, need to do that? We I don't doubt people. This, this show, they talk about the long tail. This show has no tail. This is the episode where Falling Skies has just come back. Season four. <laughs> this show has a vesticle tail. Yes, and we're going to talk the last two episodes of... Last two episodes of Holy Shit, I Sneeze. The last two episodes of Halt and Catch Fire. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be previewing the leftovers. Okay. In yeah, my yeah. case, tuna fish and lasagna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like a little Chipotle burrito action. And I think that's about it. I think that's about it. The Chipotle burrito way better than the Qdoba burrito, by the way. Not a controversial opinion, I don't think. I wonder if it will be controversial to any- anyone. Probably not. No. Maybe those who have not tried the Chipotle burrito sure. or have not had a Qdoba burrito in a very long time. Sure. Because I went back and, oof. I think Qdoba's just backslid. They're chasing yeah. profits. They're yeah. you know, in, in the subway stage where they're just weighing shit and paying too much. In, in, chasing yeah. pennies. When there are dollars to be made. When there's dollars to be made, just making really good burritos. I agree. My, my local Chipotle had a sign that said it was out of order because they didn't have... Uh, humanely grown farm fresh chickens they were back to like the farm factory chickens yeah what do you mean it's out of order right that's what it said on the thing I mean, I they weren't know. selling chicken no they had chicken it was just not the local fresh organic stuff mm, that you're... cruelty <laughs> sweet sweet taste oh of yeah it's like a condiment right i think so it's, it gives it that unami flavor <laughs> that the japanese are always talking about Mm-mm. Oh boy. Okay. Well, how about we talk about some TV? Okay. All right. What show do you want to talk about first? You watched Halt and Catch Fire with me today. Yes. Uh, we watched the last two episodes, episode three and four. This show is so close to being good, right? And at some point, like I was grudgingly admiring the fourth episode, mm-hmm. and like, wow, it's it's a damn shame only two hundred thousand people. Are watching only slightly <laughs> less people are watching this show than listen to our most popular podcast. Uh, it's a shame, but I feel like they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, yeah. Like ha- having that whole backup fiasco be something that's completely engineered by the Joe character. Uh huh. Do I need more reasons to hate this guy? That's the thing with this show. They keep telling us Joe is a genius visionary. Yes. And also, Joe is this loose cannon asshole who we don't want to root for. Like, we were laughing. Like, if you and I were in business with a third partner, uh, and we've hit some tough times, and this guy comes roaring up into the into the parking lot of our business, and he says... <laughs> Bust open his shirt. What we need to do is put up a handle on the podcast and uh-huh. rip open a shirt look at the scars of my body from my <laughs> fucked up history now let's get to work now let's get to work we'd be like okay we we'd openly plot against him well actually sure. we'd hiddenly plot against him that's the whole point of getting together and excluding sure some yeah but yeah yeah so many times these characters cameron mm-hmm. uh she has this nice moment where she bonds with the children and she yeah. finds out it's that... It's a tough love from she, Gordon's wife. Well, that's all deserved. And sure. Gordon's wife had her pegged right on. Yep. But then later on, and the kids said, oh, yeah, mom and dad joke about you being white trash. Uh-huh. Instead of, I don't know, having a, a learning moment or maybe 
uh, being the better person, she decides to take spray paint over, and the only reason <laughs> the people's house is spared is they met up with an even crazier wow. neighbor and to form the shotgun we- toting bathrobe wearing. I don't know what his name is. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, poor yeah. man's homeless man's. Uh-huh. Matthew McConaughey. I again, these characters are despicable. They're despicable. A lot of them. Yeah. Uh... If you find out that someone said something mean behind your back, mm-hmm. and your response is to terrify children and then go and run and vandalize a person's home, commit petty larceny and vandalize, you're sure. a terrible person. So part of me wants to say, yeah, you're right, and I don't enjoy watching that, but you know there's going to be a redemption of these characters. And I that's don't know where that. you st- <laughs> And I don't you know do. that it's I want to te- see that. It's television, right? That's what happens with characters. They get redeemed. They start at the low point, and they get to the high point. And I think you may not like watching the low point, and maybe they're maybe they're not moving fast enough for your taste, but, but I think Jim, you've got to start somewhere. I don't know that I want to see a redemptive arc for these people at this point. I kind of want to Of course not, because they're horrible, horrible people. Let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> Is Joe bisexual? Good or question. Or did he fuck that dude in a purely cynical power move to screw out whatever the hell delta whatever the hell that girl's name is the rich heiress or yeah, whatever yeah. the one who offered 80 out of the business yeah out of the business deal i want to say he is more of an opportunist than he is bisexual and that he was doing that completely to wreck the certainly deal. i just wonder what has he ever fucked a dude before i don't I mean, know we don't know i'm just speculating sure. and he, i and uh, i don't know because this again the show is inviting me to speculate on just how kind of how far the bottom goes in this guy is he this type of guy and i don't know maybe that says something about me that i think pretending to be gay to fuck over a business deal is worse than just having that proclivity and using it like in, in one point oh you're a i predator, don't think and that's another just point, you yeah and another point you're like a prostitute at worst you're a prostitute you're on being, the other point you're a, pr- a predator you're also being dishonest and that's the not just dishonest that's another layer yeah i don't know dishonest and and using that person much more than if you were into it you know yeah maybe that's the thing that bothers me yeah so i i don't know i ultimately i don't know what they're gonna do with that and i don't know that his character necessarily needs to like explain his sexuality i mean no, we know uh-uh. that he's kissed this guy he slept with cameron so right something there is is you know he's just playing all the bases here he doesn't give a shit well cameron it kind of is uh built like a dude <laughs> got a boy boy haircut okay Maybe maybe there's a commonality here. Yeah, maybe some um, subconscious. Stuff. The thing is, this show has got the trappings of quality. Absolutely. Credit sequence, ah, amazing. Yeah. Soundtrack, really good. Yeah, those little synth kind of. Uh, sh- I don't even know how to what yeah, to call it, but it's, it's like a synth, like like drum punk pattern. Tron soundtrack feels very very much like Tron, with a little yeah. bit of uh, late seventies punk and early eighties yes. uh, stuff thrown in. Love it. I think it's great. The camera work and the look and the period lighting of it, everything yeah. is just right on. And some of the actors give really incredible performances of characters yes. I find despicable. <laughs> and and Joe has just turned into a goddamn cartoon. In far as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they want him in some ways to be omniscient, but then they want it to backfire on him occasionally. Yeah. But it doesn't actually seem to. Like, it only... Joe is a character who is willing to pursue his vision at all costs. 
at all human cost, mm. right? He mm-hmm. will leave a swath of destruction behind him, laying waste to these characters' lives, and he doesn't give a shit yeah. as long as the plan works out. And that's exactly what we saw in episode four, where he got the reporter to come in and manufactured a story and got him interested in Cardiff Electric. But, yeah. But look what it did to Cameron. That's the thing. Like, Not just that, Cameron. but it also put this extraordinary pressure on the relationship between Gordon and his wife, whose yeah, names yeah. escaped me. And it also made, like, they had this really nice moment where you, know, you find out why that he's kind of in love with her and why he has so much respect for her, but also kind of, like, why he's a shitty parent. Like, I, yeah, I yeah. love the fact that... She's slaving away over the data retrieval project and being kind of brilliant and badass while she's doing it. And there's this thing where the kids have to be taken care of. It never occurs to him that, hey, I'm essentially sitting here with my thumb up my ass Mm -hmm. waiting for my wife to save the day. I can do something with the children. Instead, they tr- they they pat upon her off on this lunatic Cameron, who they both despise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's no evidence that she can care for a child. It, 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 and she seems completely unequipped to do so. I don't know. I I don't. Maybe that's not realistic. A dude, a tech dude in the early '80s, wouldn't occur to parent. But maybe I, I just don't know. The uh, other interesting thing that they're actually setting up there is the conflict between yes. Gordon's job and his wife's job. And oh. I think that is going to blow up in either the next episode or the next couple of episodes. Because, you know, at the very end of episode four, she goes to her boss and he says, look, you're on probation. You've been doing shitty work lately. That needs to pick up. Especially since she realized, with the full realization that the sacrifices she made was a bullshit PR move. Yes. And and how manipulative Gordon's boss is, and he doesn't actually see that. And what does that say about how stable this whole thing is? Yes. No, I I, I agree. I think that that's going to be a big plot point moving forward. And, and also the fact I that... I just find it... By the end of the episode, I was kind of back to my de facto, do I really care? I almost got sucked yeah, into yeah. caring, and now I'm back to like, uh Yeah, I feel like they, they tiptoe toward greatness and then kind of take a big step back every once in a while. That was just a pure, because I think your want, your, is your mind supposed to be blown? At how clever this thing was because it I think did so. get the journalist's attention. But for some reason, that when the male anti-hero pulls off some big thing that works and you realize it, it works in like Breaking Bad. Yeah. But in here, it just made Joe seem delusional and crazy and destructive. Th- that's the big sticking point with me is how destructive it was to everyone around him. Like, I can't get behind a guy who's going through life ruining other people's lives even if he is doing visionary things that pay off on a hail mary too yeah yeah and the biggest hail mary of all was episode one where you know he clones this ibm thing and then says we're doing this whether you like it or not and then that find destroys out, many lives when you find out how and we saw that today they had to lay off like what 80 percent of their staff yeah 40 something people but when you saw that he didn't really have a plan either yeah it was just like well i'll do this and then question mark question mark question mark profit yeah that is i don't know that's that's pretty terrifying to me sure and i just find it hard to uh, the other thing is they're you know i'm a pretty technical dude but they are not really establishing for me 
why Cameron is this godlike character or why she's so good or why we should care. Because every time they devolve into technical explanation for brilliance, I'm like, I don't get it. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what she was writing in lipstick on the bathroom mirror. Yeah. As far as I could tell, it was just gibberish. And it's just like, well, <laughs> she's having some breakthrough and then she sees her tattoo. But we never, I feel like that never pays off. Again, I am in the demo that could probably get that the you know i never wrote bare metal programming but i could probably at least get it i have a much better chance than anybody else out there and i just i'm not making the connections man yeah on some level you don't want to do too much of that because that will alienate everyone who isn't you everyone who can't understand it like i don't want to watch five minutes of description of the of a uh what fat means the acronym that is fat and then what the acronym stands for <laughs> yeah no i don't like yeah they I, didn't need to go into all that i'm not talking about that but it felt like we had a much better layman's understanding of why what bot is her name bonnie gordon's uh, the, wife gordon's wife what gordon's so. wife was doing and why it was working yeah yeah then we do when you know it's like cameron she's listlessly going through the office and fucking around we know she's not being productive and she's stuck She's looking when for When she then looks yeah. for at her tattoo and sees, oh, my God, it's a square. Um, and, yeah. I, and now she's like, you know, hunting and pecking. That's the other thing. <laughs> this character hunts and pecks on the keyboard. I've yet to meet anyone that's proficient with technology or why I would say skillful that hunts and pecks. Sure. I could buy that. Uh, new dude that's been programmed for 35 years, hunted and pecked, but he also was subpar <laughs> programmer. Yeah. Uh, anyway... She's hunting and pecking, and she's like, you know, in the zone kind of thing. And it's like, okay, that's her being good productive. But I don't know. But what's she doing? Yeah. What? Why did the tattoo? Like when Don has an sure. advertising flash of brilliance, you can then see in Mad Men. In Mad Men, mm-hmm. you can then see, okay, this is how it's going to pay off in the ultimate pitch. I feel like we don't know, and and I feel like yes, you're right. It'd be very tricky to make the technical details interesting. Mm-hmm. But by just hand waving them away, these are just a. There's been three sequences with Cameron like that, yeah, and they're yeah. just interchangeable. I'm like, well, she had a problem, and now she doesn't. Fuck if I know what it was. She had some sort of revelation. I mean, but we're not clued into what it was. Yeah, dude folds up a pancake or burrito or whatever. It's like <laughs> we can sandwich motherboards. That's something. That makes sense. Yes, sure. that's something. Yeah, but her just staring at a tattoo and like you get you know a couple scenes later she's programming and poking away i'm like what the fuck happened so about cameron's character delving a little more deeply than just the surface stuff she seems to get back in her zone she's this entire episode or a couple of episodes she's looking for inspiration she's stuck she can't get this code to work and then she like you said goes and gets this tattoo thing and figures it out it seems like her her partying and drinking and just letting loose with these people inspired her somehow whereas being in the office living in the office couldn't is that something that cameron needs does she need that that excitement or that external stimulus i don't know because the weird thing is i felt like that the way they directed and shot and the way she performed it was like she was waking up to the realization that she's Partying with a bunch of losers. <laughs> These people are not going to amount to anything. At yeah. nothing. Like, at some point, it's fine to believe a bunch of hippie nonsense. Mm-hmm. But if you stay in that hippie nonsense mode, 
you will never be able to affect the change that you want. You'll just forever be bitching on the outside of society about what a bunch of bullshit it is. Okay. And maybe that's fine for some people. Sure. Um, some people don't want to change. Cameron's got a paycheck. She's able to pay for food and lodging and clothes on her back. And that's superior to perpetually bumming your way through life, I guess. Okay, and that's you think that's what she's realizing in those moments? Yeah, I mean, but I don't it, know. It's also... like I feel like there is there is if we want to get philosophical, okay, and why not? Sure, there is a nobility to being like a Cody Lundeen, and you're like, you know what? The modern world's bullshit. Yeah, I'm gonna go live out in the desert, Just and I'm gonna build a mud system. hut, and I'm going to figure what all this is about, and I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. There, I don't think there is the same nobility to being a sullen late teenager, early 20-something and bumming off your parents or grandparents and going to arcades and, and going to concerts. And, you know, it's I mean, like if you, if, if you want to espouse these, like, bullshit ideals about modern life and all that, fine. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you know, if you don't <laughs> disconnect and go do the on Walden Pond deal, you're just a parasite. Sure, and, Which is and they another... state that in the episode. He's like, I'm never going to get a job. I'm like, well, then you're going to be in that alley for the rest of your life. I hope that's what you like, and you're probably going to end up like stealing from people and hurting people right. just to get by. Yeah. And that's that's if that's what you want to do, uh, I won't say more power to you, but no, I, I, I guess you can live a life that way. Yeah, but you will eventually, your friend circle will be a bunch of parasite predators like yourself, and that's yeah. just a miserable experience. And then you'll turn on each other. So anyway, that's what I'm saying. Like, she had this breakthrough in the midst of this personal revelation. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I were they saying that she needed to party? Because it seems like she was trying to get into that old frame of mind, but she just couldn't. Like, oh, I'm going to start trying yeah, yeah. to... Have my own pound this uh, vodka. I'm I'm a pound this vodka. I'm gonna have a my own personal mosh pit of one, and it (laughs) just I couldn't couldn't get it started. You know, sure. So yeah, there's also something to be said for looking for inspiration in unlikely places. I know, like there's a one of the things that Steve Jobs is famous for having said is that he took a lot of inspiration from like calligraphy and stuff like that when he was making the first Mac operating system or or helping design it. Um, so he's like, so full of shit. <laughs> what, what inspired the original Mac that was on everybody junior highs, journalism class corners with, with calligraphy? I would love to know the answer to that. Uh, the font system from what I've read and Get the I mean, I can't, out. I wasn't there. I can't say for sure is inspired by, you know, the different types of writing you can do the calligraphy, printing, just the it, all of that stuff, the stuff that he learned in school and the weird classes that he took, he tried to take those lessons and put them into his computing. I don't know. Maybe he's, <laughs> I, I just that seems like the kind of that could be ret- retconning it a bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. So. See, it's like I feel like that's that's part of Joe is that yeah. maybe he didn't really tear apart a stereo store. Uh-huh. Maybe once he's successful, that's something that he will make up about his backstory that will seem introspective. Man, and, how do you portray and, that on a screen? I think maybe like, they're trying to do all it the things catch you've fire been and, seeing. Yeah, were just stories that he was telling about the journey. From I'm just saying, I know to... people's tendency to kind of make shit up and exaggerate on job resumes and everything. And I know sure. the kind of megalomania it takes to get to be something in jobs. Mm-hmm. And I know how many people he's fucked over and stolen credit for um, that are like his friends. So 
I tend to just discount everything he says about his process. Like maybe sure. you read that in a book or maybe you saw someone else do it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a cynical ass when it comes to <laughs> Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and all those guys. Well, he gets his ass beat for it at some point. So why did he get his ass beat? I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew who perpetrated it. It feels like his I feel boss like it, at Cardiff did. See, I feel like it was the uh, OG, the old girl whose boy toys he, he fucked. Okay, maybe. Like she called the code red on him. She looked unhappy when they came out of the, the booze room. Yeah, but on the other hand, why did they... And Also, they, they talked about that in the next episode. Yeah, the deal was off. The deal was off, and it's like, you know, what did he do? And that, like, that was a big central question at the beginning. And it was bookended with him getting his ass beat and picked up by his boss. But his boss seemed awful chummy with the cops, too. Yeah. But at that point, why did his boss, would his boss call the code red? Mm. Just, I, to, just tell, to put him just back like, in Just like, I know you did something. Yeah. And you're not the only people that can, you're not the only one that can fuck around and color outside the lines, maybe? Uh, I also, wonder if it has to do with the conversation he had with the reporter, but I don't remember that conversation well enough to speculate. What What about it? That's what I'm saying. I don't remember it well enough to speculate, but something that was the only scene I can think of where he might have caught wind of his scheme because no one ever told him that Joe had set this whole thing up. Okay. Well, I will say that I was just about to check out of the show. Like, okay. I wasn't even going to watch it in my capacity of occasionally doing a bald move TV. Uh, and the fourth episode roped me back in. Because other than the sour note it left at the end where it was just Joe fucking with people again, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, I felt like that that was a pretty solid episode. I and agree. It, and it gave yeah. a lot of people a lot of things to do. I also think that Cameron, they still, I can't get a peg on her. And most of the other the main people we're supposed to care about, I just find I kind of want to root against them because they just are, <laughs> feel like they're terrible human beings. I, I like Gordon a lot. I feel like you know that do, kind of downtrodden. Why do you like computer Gordon? programmer guy? I I feel like him in some ways. Uh, you know, he's trying to do excellent things. Life just kind of keeps getting in his way. I did like that he figured out that his neighbor was a boat anchor. Yes, fan. God, it was cheering. Because I'm like, man, if that if this goes on for many more, it's a single episode arc. This guy yeah. ingratiates to himself. He's playing it safe. He's giving him bad advice. I thought the reveal was he was secretly going to be telling everything that he comes up with brilliant and pitching it to Joe as that. And like this, you know, Gordon's uh-huh. always trying to naysay in this. And, you know, I thought he was going to fuck him over that way. But I like the fact that he just realized that this person is someone that can't get things done. Yeah. When when life gives him problems, he wants to sit on his hands and blame everybody else. Yeah. And war all the obvious problems, and you know it's never his fault, never his responsibility, and that's and he not the has guy. No imagination build. either, right? Like in this team, like you said, he's the one playing it safe. Yes. And saying, oh, well, the manufacturing process won't work. Well, how do you know? Let's try. Let's talk to Intel. Let's talk to AMD. Let's see if they're willing to do it. Yeah, but when you're, I mean... But you're cutting it off at the knees before we even try. That's one of the hard parts about being pioneers (laughs) that we have a little bit of experience with is, like, there is no infrastructure. No, no, no. Like, for a lot of stuff that we're trying to do, and we're trying to figure it out as we go... There, you know, you can't just like pick up the phone and call the guy who does X, Y, Z because that guy doesn't <laughs> exist. Sure, um, it's the wild west. That's the way this stuff is going to be, and you can't be a person who says, "Well, you can't 
there's no wise old man you can talk to. There's no established process. Yeah. You're creating one. Sure. And sometimes you have to, you know, break a few eggs. Yeah. So Gotta fire a few guys. Yeah, so, but I'm, I'm super happy that. Where's the I'm crazy neighbor character. plot line going to go? I don't know, because that guy is crazy with a capital C. He willing to kill Gordon, apparently, or at least scared a shit out of him. One with, of the with, two with his children there. Yep. My God, <laughs> that's repellent. I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see. I'm I'm still hooked. I'm still in. Although, can you imagine how hard it would be to get a job? And microprocessing when you live in a town where like 80 other microprocessor dudes just got fired. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, so there's two ways we could go here. Choose okay. your own adventure, Jim. Do you want to talk to me about your experiences with Falling Skies? Or would you like for me to tell you why I'm excited about The Leftovers? Uh, let's save the This Might Be Awesome But Could Also Suck section for the end okay i feel like that's the proper place for it all right uh current stuff up front so let's talk about falling skies i know Do you it. have not seen any of falling skies i saw a f- the first three episodes when it very first premiered <laughs> okay it's been a while and then it's kind of like i gave it i hear i'm a science fiction whore okay i will give anything three episodes you know i get it's i gave voyager a whole season i gave enterprise three episodes you've got three <laughs> episodes to win me over and then if you suck i'm out okay tell me about your experience with falling skies this season four season four premiere yeah season four premiere i'm thinking this week. the way i see this show i tell me if i'm wrong okay the, every premiere they go balls out mm-hmm. and like fucking wow this show is going to be amazing this year and they probably spend 80 percent of their budget on the premiere and the finale and then everything in the middle is kind of like ah kind of yeah yeah uh the the effects are pretty good uh i mean this show's on tnt right it's not one of your networks that usually stands out but i mean television quality effects, production television effects are getting really good like they look are. at game of thrones it's lord of the rings quality sure you, you can't even see the effects when they're there mm-hmm. um you definitely notice that these are effects but like the aliens look good the ships look good uh the energy shit they do looks good it all is you know above the par line so we're good on effects i enjoy it for that uh and it, it Although I should say it doesn't take me out of it, right? Because good effects don't do a ton for a show. Bad effects will totally ruin it. So it doesn't yes. pull me out. Yeah, it's true. Um, the other thing I like about this show is that it has been building a steady narrative on kind of a nation building on a universal scale. Like okay. there, there's an alien race that comes down and takes over the planet. Mm. Uh, and that's the active battle is between the humanoids... Uh, or the humans, a faction of aliens and who who were like on their side, and then a bigger faction who have come to take over the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem like the aliens themselves can do it because there's been this constant kind of uh, subjugation of humanity where they come in, they fight against the people who are actively fighting them, but the other people are being propagandized and kind of quelled into this this parasitic existence like they they come in they subjugate us they make us do their work it's half-life that sort of thing it's essentially half-life too yeah um but it's told really well the way that they've unfolded it 
is fairly entertaining and engaging. I think that's super interesting whenever you get a plot in like a, a very morbid way mm-hmm. where some species treats humanity as livestock. Yeah, yeah. And you think about what's the best way to process because we have a lot of livestock processes, you know, hello chickens. Sure. Uh, and, you know, we treat them various ways from, you know, humane to inhumane, and we just don't really give a fuck because they're not sentient. Yeah. You know, at least a majority of them. I mean, I, there's people that eat dolphins and monkeys and stuff like that, so who knows? Sure. Pigs are pretty smart, I, I've, I've heard. Mm. But they're not like written language, oral history, tool using, cock an AK-47 and yeah. shoot you with these smart. How do you how if if you were an advanced civilization to want to take over Earth, how would you treat humans if you wanted to you know what kind of what kind of pastures, what kind of enclosures, what kind of control systems <laughs> would you use to most effectively subjugate a species like us? Yeah, and to the extent that that like I thought Half Life Two, and that whole universe shows like this alien race that's like uh, we need these humans for like slave labor. And, you know, the kind of be the farmers and ranchers, why we're splitting this and eventually making the human race go extinct. But they uh, have this really interesting way that, can, that they do control and propaganda and everything. Yeah. How, how does the stuff on uh, – what's the show Fa- called? Falling, Falling Skies. Skies. How does stuff on Falling Skies stack up to that? Uh, pretty well, surprisingly. I think that's one of the things that they do best in this show. Um, they're kind of – Why are two- the aliens here? Are they taking over the planet? Uh, yeah, they're taking over the are planet. Are they eating and us? Do they use us as, as food? No, it's a resources thing. Okay. They're moving on to the next planet. They do this at planet after planet. So they're like the locust style. They use up a planet and move yes. on. Okay. Yeah. Right um, on. So it's kind of a two-pronged attack on humanity here. They've got – they've kind of separated us into the kids who – like the people who don't know any better and the people who are actively going to fight against them. The blue pills and the red pills. Yeah, essentially – um, so with the kids, they have propaganda camps, uh, where they are feeding them propaganda videos spoken by other humans, other kids, and they're just being brainwashed, uh, which, you know, feels very true to life. Stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, it's, it's a very 1984 scenario. What's the standard of living like? Is it like... is For who? For the humans. Uh, there isn't one standard of living because some of them are in the camps, which are peaceful and nice and happy and that's oh, yeah. what the aliens want them to be okay uh and then there are the humans who are actively fighting and they are living in ditches and squalor and okay like they're a ragtag team but you of say camps resistance. are you talking like a refugee camp or i don't, talking I don't mean like labor camp so uh it seems like they've been taken to like these kind of suburbs i guess mm. Um, where they might have some buildings, but it's mostly like an outdoor scenario, like a Southern California sort of thing. Okay. Um, and, and the kids are being brainwashed there. They've got like these whistleblowers, like literally whistleblowers. So whenever somebody steps out of line at these propaganda camps and the kids hear something they shouldn't, they get their whistles out and they blow and they, they get right around the person. Oh, and that's then interesting. someone can come in and deal with them. Huh. But there's also... That is very 1984. Yeah, yeah. There's also labor camps for mm-hmm. children who are harnessed with these alien devices, uh, po- possibly alien life forms, and they're they're taken to the mines to work. The children so, are? Yes, yeah. Uh, the, the harnesses give them special abilities, like 
greater strength. Do they not do that with adults? They don't. No. Huh. It's only children. And in this latest episode, they found a truckload of children without harnesses who were being moved somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like maybe those mines are for the kids who kind of rebel and will not sit still in the propaganda camps and, and be quelled. <laughs> the uh, ADHD or... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, it, I, I just feel like they're doing that stuff really well. Uh, and then they the way they deal with adults is either they kill them uh-huh. through force, or there's also this alien baby who was born to a human. And she, she ages very, very quickly. She was a baby at the end of last season. Four months later, she's a sure, teenager of some kind. Because babies aren't interesting, so they have to age exactly. very rapidly or mm-hmm. else who gives a shit. Yeah, so they did that, and at some point, a kind of cult sprung up around her where a lot of the, I want to say, more gullible humans uh, saw a bolt of lightning come out of the sky and kill one of the alien mechs. And uh, Lexi is her name. She claimed uh, responsibility for that. Mm. And so now there's a cult around her, and there's kind of a little camp that worships her and Mm. listens to her. And I feel like maybe she's part of the propaganda targeted at adults. I don't know. That's kind of all very up in the air. We just found out about that. All right. So that's where that's going. so, So how did you enjoy the premiere then? I mostly liked it. It's still... How did you leave the show? Were you, like, last fed season? up with it by last season? Were you hopeful about this season? I was hopeful about this season. They okay. had a big, badass weapon that they used. They kind of struck a blow against the aliens, and humans had been promised uh, to go back to whatever city they were in. And Are it turned good... out not to be what they were hoping for. Oh. Are there good aliens? Are they all bad? There are good aliens, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh is it a different race a, or is it just a, a different faction? I think it's a different race. Totally. Okay. Um, they That's certainly look much different. Okay. Uh, but this this first episode was kind of uneven. I mean, the acting, they always go kind of overboard on it, and it's melodramatic, and it's you know too much soundtrack when swelling music when they don't need it just to make a scene interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a lot of that, the standard stuff, but... And at the beginning, there was this kind of balls-to-the-wall scene where they were trying to get to what was supposed to be a safe city, and it turned out to be a trap, and they got separated and shielded in by these energy fences. Uh, And then they did a four-month time jump. It seemed like that balls-to-the-wall scene should have been part of last season's finale, and then do the time jump between seasons. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do that, and that felt really weird. It feels like they don't know where they're writing to. Mm. honestly well that's the impression i got yeah i even even like finale to premiere they don't know where they're writing to i bet that's true because they probably never know if they're going to be renewed (laughs) and they're just trying to build anytime you're trying to tell the most exciting story that you're trying to tell sometimes you go down dead end paths and like oh boy where we go from here yeah yeah and we don't know what we're going to get we don't know what our budget's going to be et cetera et cetera so yeah, maybe they they didn't know that the city was going to be trapped, hmm. uh, booby-trapped at the end of last season. Who knows? Okay. But I, I really like it because the humans have kind of become less and less powerful with each season. Like Their numbers are dwindling. They're being more and more subjugated. And there's still a resistance fighting, but it's getting smaller. And so when when you're watching the show and you are part of the underdog capacity here 
you're really rooting for the humans, right? Like, sure, obviously, you have to be. Yeah, because you're part of that group. So of course you're going to root for them. And I think you know that's the, the conquering of this planet is probably one of the most underdog situations you can imagine. So I, I really enjoy that part of it. Okay. Uh, and then it, it looks like they're going to have a balls-to-the-wall season because uh, Noah Wiley, who's the, the main character in this, is kind of saying the gloves are coming off at the end of this episode. And he's hatching plans. And that's what he's known for. He was a history teacher before this all started. He's kind of got a very strategic mind. So I can't wait to see what hmm. unfolds there. Is this their final season? I don't think so. Hmm. <laughs> How balls out can it really get? Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, I don't know. It can lead to a, you can pull out one ball, which will lead to a two ball season five. Yeah. And then it ends, maybe. Uh, I see what you're saying. I don't let, know. let one of them dribble out of the pant leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> loosen up the boxers on that side. Okay. Anything else to talk about on that? No, I think that's about it. People who don't watch are probably bored by now. All right. Well, let's talk about The Leftovers. It premieres this season Sunday on HBO at 10 o'clock. Okay. I am pretty excited. It's got the Lost Guys pedigree, Damian Lindelof, Lindelof. Yeah. which is you know a good thing and also a bad thing. <laughs> uh, but Alan Suppet all this really interesting take where, and, and the critics have seen, I think, the first five episodes of, I think, a 10-episode season, but don't quote me on that. Okay. But he said that like Lindelof has, has spent three years on Twitter taking shit for the finale of Lost and trying to engage with fans. Sure. And he fi- last summer or last year, I probably when he became attached to this project, he said, you know what? I'm off Twitter. I made a similar, I, for new years, I gave up Twitter <laughs> because Twitter's like crack for me, man. I just couldn't get off of it. And it's like the pre it's the best way to get news. Sure. And to stay connected to find out. But the, I found myself like waking up at three in the morning, checking Twitter and not getting back to sleep for like an hour. Wow. And it's like, that's just no way to live. So he got off of Twitter. So did I. Um, it's been a mixed bag for me, but it's led to this creative thing with called the the, the leftovers. And Sepinwall said that he's learned a lot of these lessons. That here, this show doesn't seem to be really interested in unraveling the mystery. Like huh. the, the hook okay. on the majority of this show is, why did this happen? We need to find out how this happened. This show is so- almost like, if this happened... Okay, and it remained a mystery. Mm-hmm. What would humanity's reaction be, and how do people move on? And they've got these really interesting, uh, some hooks that they've talked about. Like there's this cult that they dress all in white, they take a vow of silence, and they they smoke at least two packs of cigarettes a day <laughs> as like a sacrament a because mandate? their okay. whole thing is we're already dead. You know, if if if. 10% or 5% of the human population, three or 400 million people can just up and disappear. Mm-hmm. Are we even alive? Is this still living? So they kind of, they're like hmm. chasing death as a response to this. And they recruit these people to do the same. And they're also very antagonistic towards the people that are wanting to do, you know, uh, keep remembering people and make the big statues and do all that. And there's a lot of that examination, like United United States can even imagine. Yeah. Like if just a random four or 5% of our people's winked out of existence, the kind of memorials we'd have and the navel gazing and the CNN and all that stuff. Sure. And I just think that that's really interesting that, you know, the religious institutions, how they're grappling. He talks about how the major world religions are grappling with this problem. 
I could totally get down on a series that doesn't give a shit about why this happens, but just examines the social implications. That's interesting, yeah. That's way more interesting than the idea of trying to unravel that misery. Because the other mystery. thing is, I don't trust... I don't trust the these guys to give me satisfying answers for anything. I do trust yeah. these people to give things emotional weight and and, and um, resonance. And the other thing that Seppenwall said is that these are just incredibly tough experiences to watch. They're emotionally harrowing. Mm-hmm. And he made this analogy that's like it's not so much that they're trying to drown you in this overwhelming feeling of loss and grief, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like they're holding you under until you learn a new way to breathe. And he said that this is going to be very polarizing, and he could see half the audience is like, nope, nope, this is too real, it's too visceral. I'm not sure what he means by holding you under until you learn a new way to breathe. I don't either. But like I, from just a trailer, you know, where you see the mother who's got a screaming newborn, and then you know, she, all suddenly the, the the screaming stops, and she looks back there, and the kid's gone, mm-hmm. and this that feeling of panic and dread, and like this can't be real. Scenes like that, I found, you know, got my pulse racing just watching that. I guess there's some really shocking scenes of violence too. And I don't know if they're connected to the disappearance and the um, aftermath of that or if they're actually connected to people that, like, you know, don't have anything left to live. So, you know, I I just think that I'm super primed because another reviewer that I like and respect, Andrew Greenwald, um, is also raving about the same thing, that he's never seen anything like it. Um, they're very, it's a very tough series to watch. It's very emotionally draining. And mm. I kind of get off on that stuff. I worry, <laughs> yeah, I worry about your so. reaction. I'm, I'm less into the, oh my God, I want to kill myself after having watched Cause this Because that show was your big angle, barrier True Detective, True Detective where I was like, yeah. you want to talk about uh, nihilism and despair <laughs> and how life is bullshit? I will stay up all night long talking to you about that stuff. I think, sure. I think it's interesting. Um, I talked about this on the True Detective podcast. Like, I have a pretty bleak outlook on life, hmm. but I try my best to not act on that. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I try to live my life as if every day does mean, you know, get, you know, yeah, is, yeah. is worth a damn and actually means something. But deep down, I don't really believe that. It's like <laughs> I've I've got this like cynical, this sunny sided cynist thing down to a science. Yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, because the other thing is, I don't get emotionally moved very often, uh, so I kind of like it when I can get an entertainment that does peg my emotion meter. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you described this in a little more detail because now I'm more interested. If it was going to be mystery uh, after mystery and just like this layered kind of thing, like Lost was, less interested in that now. Yeah, after having seen Lost, uh, more interested in the idea that this is just a mystery. And it's out there. Now, how do we deal with it? Um, I like. I'm not totally sure I can handle the really depressing nature he, he drew of what a, it sounds like it's going to be. Do you know? Do you remember the Jack Tattoo episode of Lost? Jack Tattoo. Hmm. I guess is there's an origin story about how he got his tattoos or why he got his tattoos. Vaguely, I and vaguely Sevenwall that. said that that was a very emotionally draining and tough episode to watch, and he said this leaves all the dust. I didn't, I don't know because I bailed huh. on Lost halfway through season two because I saw this is going to be another bullshit X Files deal. I'm out. Yeah, like yeah. I can always watch the DVDs later if it turns out this is amazingly well plotted out. These polar bears and sure, 
you know, nano nanobot monsters mean anything. Turned out, don't feel like I'm. <laughs> I don't feel like I missed out on much. Yeah, I want to talk more about Lost, but I'm going to save it for a QA podcast because I know there was a listener who oh. wrote in and asked us specifically what we thought about Lost. So, so I'll, I'll save that. That's a good segue. I'm done talking about this show. Uh, definitely we'll be talking about it on a TV show. It's something that if Jim and I both like it, going forward our intention with this show is this is the the proving ground. Yeah. If we're both on board with something – um and we both are thumbs up on it we will do if we'll spin it off into a full podcast if not we'll just you know kind of keep talking about it here uh there's a couple things coming up that uh the following is one of them the strain comes out i think the week after that tweaks after that i believe or maybe i've got these flip-flop masters of sex come back comes back bridge comes back sometime of that i'm I'm thumbs up on Masters of Sex and the Bridge. I don't know. Jim's going to try to watch those and see how he feels about it. Yep. We don't know about The Strain. I'm definitely going to be watching it when it comes out. Yeah, me too. Um, don't know about the following. So the, subscribe to this podcast the, if you want to. You're confusing people, man. The Leftovers? Oh, yeah. The le- I don't know why I want to say <laughs> You the never leftovers. say the right name. You'll say a different name every time. Because <laughs> my brain says The Leftovers. Like That can't be the name of a show. It sounds yeah, yeah. like something you dig out of your goddamn fridge. No. Uh-huh. It's, maybe that's intentional. Could, Leftovers maybe. are unappealing. Nobody ever gets excited <laughs> about it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, we're going to be talking about that in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. Before I get to the pimping, we got something exciting happening. We just, we're on the cusp, and we will by the end of this month roll over 5 million downloads on the old Bald Move odometer. And this is something that's happening with increasing, because I started right around 2 million, started saying, hey, we got 2 million downloads, holy shit. And they're kind of like mini anniversaries, and they're happening fa- happening now faster and faster, which is good. 5 million is a big deal, though. And we kind of want to do something a little special. It's been a year since we did uh, like a QA that we did for the Kickstarter, and it was kind of closed for people to produce that just pitched into the Kickstarter we wanted I asked our fans on Facebook and Twitter, hey, what would you like as some kind of special reward? Overwhelmingly, the response was a QA podcast. So we're going to do a pod slash video cast. Send in your questions to QA at baldmove.com. We're going to collect them all over the next few weeks and probably record something sometime in July. Mm-hmm. And we're going to turn on the cameras and do that as well. And we will post it to you, our YouTube site. And we'll also dump it in... Probably our TV podcast section, so you can get it if you want to listen to it or you want to watch it. It's up to you, but it should be kind of fun. There's also a thread on Facebook that you can uh, send in your questions as well, but it's probably just as easy to do QA at baldmove.com, and we're excited. We already got some great questions. I'm excited to answer them, so send them in. We've got a lot of stuff going on now. I started up a True Blood podcast. Oh, Yeah. Uh, it's fun. it's a lot of fun. It's, I bet it's one of it's very similar in our vein to our twenty four podcast, which is also going strong. Uh, we also are doing an orange the new Bla- uh, orange the new black podcast with a rotating list of lady co hosts. Uh, we've got what else is going on? Um, well, a couple of our shows just went off the air. So yeah, far, we just lost Fargo and Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's why it's going to be interesting to see how these next few weeks uh, halt, uh, shake down. That if we pick up uh, Masters of Sex and the Bridge and the following, then we'll be right back in the thick of things. If not, we'll have a little bit of an off season that we got some backlog of projects we've been wanting to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. 
if you'd like to support us, you can do so on subbable.com slash bald move. Lots of ways you can subscribe and earn some free perks for yours uh, in exchange for perks for yourself. Just had someone back Murphy's Law, which is an old bread, not old, I think it premiered in the 2003 and yeah. it had like six series. So maybe five years ago is when it went off the air uh, about a undercover cop that works in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. We're doing a couple of episodes of series three for a commission podcast. That's the top level reward. So if you've got a favorite television show or a movie, uh, something around two hour running time, we will do a custom podcast just for you based on that. Check out subbable.com slash baldmove for all the ways you can support us and all the rewards you can earn. You can also use amazon.baldmove.com. It's super simple. If you're shopping on Amazon, please use that link. It costs you nothing and gives us a little tiny kickback for sending you their way. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, although, you know, this this show is just kind of extra it's for the diehards that want to know what's coming up next and maybe some of the yeah. things that aren't aren't wouldn't sustain a full podcast you know it'd be cool if you rate and review us on itunes but it's not gonna break I, i'm not expecting this show to get game of thrones or fargo traffic you know sure this is just this is just uh for the big for the true television junkies like jim and i all right is that it that's all the do we have we do? do we have a generic tv uh, box to send in mail to we should. Uh, shows at baldmove.com. There you go. Right? Yeah, send it in to shows at baldmove.com. I think That'll we might even have us. TV at baldmove.com. Let's stick with shows. We know that works. Shows at okay. baldmove.com <laughs> yeah. uh, for our podcast. You can also, uh, we do live threads for a lot of this stuff, or we will, especially for the premiere things, and then going forward, depending on how good it is, baldmove.com. I'm sorry, facebook.com slash baldmove, and you can also tweet at Jim about your thoughts about some of this show, especially if you're a Falling Skies junkie. Yeah. Do that at uh, twitter.com slash baldmove or just at baldmove. I think that's all we need to talk about. I think so. All right, we'll be back. Who knows? Who knows when? When we have more stuff to talk about. Yeah. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you next time.